What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 104. Hey, Matt's here. What's up, B-Pimp? It's 104 and we're having our birthdays. It is that season. Uh, if our listeners don't already know, uh, both Brian and I have our birthdays at the beginning of February. Brian is turning a spry young 35. I'm turning a disgusting, decrepit 36. Uh, but that's where we're at. So happy birthday to us. Happy birthday, B-Pimp. Happy birthday. Mine's on the Super Bowl this year. So. Oh, shit. I get that birthday sometimes. I got that on my 30th birthday was on the Super Bowl that the Seahawks were in. Uh, and that was the Super Bowl that they lost on the last play. To the to who? The Patriots. Patriots, yeah. Oh. Uh, with that, wasn't it right at the goal line? Wasn't it your birthday in '06 too, when the Bears lost? Might have been to the Colts. Yeah, every so often it ends up being my birthday on the Super Bowl. But the crazy thing about my 30th, well, a, I mean, 30th is like a milestone birthday, and we were gonna have a party, but then there was like two feet of snow dropped in Chicago. Oh yeah, that yeah. sucked. Yeah, that sucked. But we had a crazy amount of food and i think i made my way through quite a lot of it that's yeah i remember that being such a bummer because it was like a massive snowstorm that was like it was dangerous to travel in yeah couldn't do it yeah um i felt bad that we canceled the party but we had to it was just like it was way too much snow yeah Um, and it sucked that the seahawks lost at the last minute i know a lot of seahawks fans are like mad about that but Maybe I'm not the biggest Seahawks fan, so I just don't care that much. But we won the Super Bowl the year before, so it's not like... Right. It's not that devastating. I mean, it sucks, but... And you have a perennially good team. Yeah, that's fine. Eases the blow a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, but that... We're not talking about football or the Super Bowl for this podcast. We're, we're talking about... I And I'm really excited that we're doing this one. The most iconic voices in rap and hip-hop. Yes. So it's like that combo from like the most distinguishable voices and the voices that we like the best all mixed together to just be those most iconic voices. And I, I had a lot of fun putting together this list. I did too. And I think I did go, I did lean more towards my favorites. There's probably like some kind of objective five that you could pick of this, that anybody regardless of their level of rap fandom would agree with, but I went a little bit more like my favorites kind of, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, uh, and I think, I mean, the interesting thing about rappers too, and I don't know if this like went into the way that you thought about rap voices is, but rappers a lot of times have beef with each other. Yeah. And you never know like whether it was Tupac and Biggie, whether it was Ja Rule and 50 Cent, whether it was Nas and Jay-Z, that beef, it just happens. And so with that in mind, I, I think I think there's a beef here that we need to bring up. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a bee's beef. There is a bee's beef. I don't eat meat, but I've got beef, bee's beef, bee's beef. Lay it on. 
This very special hometown beef goes out to the Chicago Cubs. They are currently selling off slash releasing all their good players to cut their payroll as much as possible so the Ricketts family can sell the team. They rebuilt the team and hired Theo Epstein to win their World Series, got in bed with right-wing shithead Sinclair Broadcasting for a greedy money-grab sports network, and now are gutting the team to sell it. This is what happens when pro sports turns into private equity. Oh, pointed bees beef. Digs deep and comes out with gold. That's right. I will say, I haven't really followed the Cubs that closely. I'm kind of glad for my friends that are Cubs fans that the Ricketts family is selling. Yeah, that would be a good thing. But, I mean, it's just the fact that, like, this is, it disillusions a lot of people with sports where you've got these, like, these super rich people or families that just decide, oh, yeah, a good investment for us is to own the Cubs. And then they're going to, like, pump a bunch of money in, get those, like, hotels built, get all their money back out, and then hit the road. And they're good. And the team gets gutted, you know? How much do you think the Cubs would sell for? Billions. So the last. The last NBA team to sell, I think, was the Clip. Well, maybe they weren't the last team, but the Clippers sold for $2 billion. Yeah. I would think the Cubs are at that mark or higher. There's usually Forbes does a valuation of the teams. Let's see if I can find it quickly here. I know it's insane how much these teams are worth now. It's crazy, but- too, because when a team actually sells, that kind of changes all the evaluations. The, la- the latest estimate is the Cubs are worth $3.2 billion and the White Sox are worth $1.65 billion. The White Sox are worth $1.65 billion? Correct. I'm sure it's not $1.65 million? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that hurts a little bit, but you're right. But no, I think it's just because the Cubs have this... Um, I think there's something about the Cubs network that they just... I think they're exclusive on that network. Um, and they're a national fan base from and a better team and a more storied stadium and all the stuff. But you know, they, 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 rubbing it in. <laughs> I know. I'm always. It's just whatever. But uh, it's just. Ugh. It makes me so. Gr- it it grosses me out, especially about baseball for some reason. The way it's, it's been going recently. Yeah, it is gross. And you know what? I'll say this: Wrigleyville is not only one of the worst neighborhoods in Chicago but one of the worst neighborhoods in the United States of America. Yeah, I agree. I hate it. I Whenever hate I need it. to go there, I get like those like fear anticipation, like feelings. It's like, Oh God, it I'm is. Gonna... It feels that way. Maggie and I made the horrendous mistake of going to an improv show at, uh, Oh God. What was it? Improv Olympic, man. I can't even remember what they're called. That might be right. I don't know. It was one that used to be based in Wrigleyville. We got tickets for some stupid reason on the Saturday before St. Patrick's Day. I don't think we realized when we bought the tickets, that's the day it was on. And it was like going through a war zone of belligerently drunk and angry. And then like people that were crying because they were so drunk and getting emotional and just like weaving our way through that. And then the whole improv set was basically ruined because you could hear uh, like police sirens and ambulance sirens every 10 minutes, like out the front door, like yeah. somebody that was too drunk. I don't know. That whole neighborhood is just like awful. It's the worst. It's where all of the worst people end up somehow. Without a doubt. I just like, I remember one of my first times there just getting off the L at Addison and watching, it was after a Cubs game was letting out and just watching a drunk guy take eight, full swing, full angry swing at somebody 
missed by no joke, eight feet. <laughs> like he, like there's no way he could have hit him. He was at least eight feet from him and fall down with his follow through. Yeah. That like sums up that neighborhood perfectly. Chicago's finest. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I can't even, I great bees beef. I think Thank your, you. your anger is perfectly on point there. I can't pass up a chance to take a swing at the Cubs. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and you did not miss like this one guy did. <laughs> that was much closer. Much closer. Within four feet, for sure. Yes, yes. Uh, all right. My whiskey that I'm drinking for this episode is, uh, and you can see this label here, Howlerhead. Pretty intense label. We got some red. We got some yellow. Uh, it's 80 proof, 40% alcohol by volume. So I don't know, kind of on the lower side, but uh, it's Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey with natural banana flavor. So I'm that's curious, what I'm intrigued by. Curious about that. I'm drinking it neat. It's from South Carolina. I'm not sure if we've had any South Carolinas. I don't think uh, so. Whiskey. So it's uh, from North Charleston, South Carolina. That's confusing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think it should be South Charleston, North Carolina, but whatever. Misprint, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, it's a, it just says Howlerhead Monkey Spirit Bananas Gone Crazy. Yeah, that's right. This could this this is a high variance one because I it could be like amazing and it could also be bad. It could because be. it's got a flavor. the price point is not telling. It's like kind of in that middle ground. I think it was, I have to go back and remember, but I think it was like somewhere between 30 and $35. Yeah. So I don't expect it to be bad, but it certainly could be bad. So I'm going to take a sniff. Actually, this is a real weak pour. This is my problem with the last whiskey is I, I poured too little to make it neat. And the la- the la- well, also the label for this makes me think it'll be good too, because it's so awesome. It is a pretty awesome label. It's a monkey wearing sunglasses. You hear that, you're like, hey, I'm on board. Oh, yeah. Whoa, okay. So the smell, the bananas are in the smell. Laffy Taffy banana smells close. Um, If Laffy Taffy's also smelled like whiskey, I would say on the money for a Laffy Taffy smell. And I'd say, give me some of those Laffy Taffy's. (laughs) Yeah, why are you behind those? Jeez. (laughs) Uh, All right. Yeah, that's, that's a strong, strong smell. I want to see if the first thing, if, if it's like you're eating a banana when you, when you drink this whiskey. It's so I, I'm taking this first sip and as I take it in, I just, I do feel this like layer of banana, just like coating the whiskey. It's really smooth. Um, not in a way that most whiskeys are smooth. It's actually even like smoother. It tastes like less alcoholic than it is, but like noticeably so. Maybe that's because I'm half in the bag already and everything's tasting less alcoholic. It's hard to say. I'm not starting from a point of zero. Yeah. But yeah, that was interesting. It was a strong banana taste. I'm not saying I hate it though. I usually would not like that in a whiskey, but let me take another sip. What people at home can't see is when Andy's taking these sips, his eyes are turning into bananas and he's juggling them. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's like a, a reaction that he can't control. No, I feel like I'm in Donkey Kong right now. Yeah. It, the taste is strong and they, they went for it with the bananas. I feel like they did say like, we're going big banana or going home. Yeah. They didn't try to like 
give you notes of banana. They're like, here is, I'm pretty sure there's a fermenting just banana in the bottle. It's like the tequila with the worm at the end. It's just like a banana. <laughs> they just stuff the bottle with bananas. That's kind of what it tastes like. Um, and But I noticed that you don't have a, you've never had a, a look on your face when you've taken these sips that's bad. So it, it can't be that bad. No, it's not. It's like interesting and it's different. And it doesn't taste like, who is it? Jack Daniels that makes the like sour apple? Yeah, I think they had a couple of those. Yeah, they have a really weird that flavors are, that are like gross. Mm-hmm. And there's something about the artificiality of this. This actually like, I mean, it's really banana-y, but it's not like inauthentically that way. I'm going to take a third sip to know for sure. Because this isn't traditionally what I'm looking for in a whiskey. But now I'm, I'm trying to think outside the box and color outside the lines for this one. With your yellow crayon for the bananas. Outside of the banana taste, I like the smoothness of it. It gives me a little bit of spice, not a lot. And it sits pretty nicely. I will say it's not like the easiest decision I've had to make in a while. And usually when I'm on the fence, I'm probably giving it the boot. But there's something about this that I just appreciate that they kind of went for it. I don't know that I'll buy it again. So I don't know that like I necessarily like that banana taste, but I can't not recommend it for people to try it. So for that reason, I'm I'm going to go ahead and put Howlerhead Monkey Spirit on the smooth train. I love it. It's going to get a banana seat on the smooth train. It's definitely getting a banana seat. It's just interesting. It is like extremely banana forward. I don't think I knew that when I bought it. I'm not even sure I read the bottom of the label that said natural banana flavor. But yeah, it's going for it. I think that seems like one that would be good to mix. And I think you can mix it with um, root beer and it would be delicious. Oh, that's a great call. I think it would mix really well with root beer. And um, yeah, I agree. It definitely is a mixer kind of whiskey on its own. I still don't mind it, though. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try that one. I'm going to find it. Yeah. Go ahead and get yourself some Hallerhead. Uh Banana whiskey for sure. Uh, double banana whiskey. Um, it's on the smooth train. All right. We, there's no natural transition to this other than super excited to talk about rap voices. Uh, when you put together this list for the most iconic rap voices, Brian, what did anybody first enter your mind? Kind of what was your thought about putting this list together? There is somebody who is very high in my list, so I'm not going to mention them, but we've talked about them multiple times and kind of spurred the idea for this list. And and I, there are a couple people like that on my list that I just, I love their style and they are so unique that it's almost like if anybody else sounded like them, I would immediately write them off because I'd be like, you're just trying to imitate so-and-so. So that's like kind of how I, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of how I think of it. No, I think that's like... When I was putting together this list, I list, like I always do, I just kind of put down a bunch of names and then I order them. And I thought going in that I'd really favor the bass heavy voices, which didn't totally end up being the case. It didn't end up not being the case, but it wasn't as heavy bass heavy voices as I thought it would be. The other thing that came up, what I realized after I had finished my list is that four out of the five rappers I picked are West Coast rappers, mm. which I didn't expect. 
And I think part of it might have to do with like West Coast talking voices for the most part, certainly Seattle, although none of these are Seattle rappers, but like for the most part is pretty affectless. Like there's no, there's no equivalent to like a New York accent or a heavy Southern accent or I don't have any Boston, I don't even know any Boston rappers, but like there's no accents like that uh, in the West Coast. And so I think some of these rappers like end up making their own weird voice in a lot of cases. Zero West Coast. I just looked. Zero. On my list. Yeah. Zero. Wow. I think the chances of a double dip are real low because I kind of doubt you have my one that's not a West Coast rapper. Mine are all over the country. All right. Well, I'm curious then. Um, Without further ado, then let's get into it. These are our top five iconic Voices of rap. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, my number five. Couldn't leave him off the list. Certainly, I would have definitely left him off the list before I moved here. But he's a titan of the area. And the more of his songs that I listen to, the more that weird voice I just like and timing. I'm giving my number five to E40. He's in my honorable mentions. I love E40. It is just like, I can't even describe what his voice sounds like to me other than it's just, it's teetering on the edge of goofy. Yeah. But never, never goes full into it. He's great. Yeah. I I think so too. Uh, So that's why he's my number five. What's your number five? My number five is Mississippi's own big crit. Oh, that's a good one. I was debating big crit big time. I love Big Crit. He's great. He's got he's got the twang. Uh, like I like the fact that he leans into his Mississippiness, mm-hmm. and he always references in his line in his verses about how Mississippi's, you know, disrespected. Like that's part of his persona. And I think that it's I, I like his uh, I like the fact that he produces a lot of his own stuff and how good he is as a rapper. But I also think his voice is just unique and kind of on point. I think there's some great, well, he's got a great voice. There are some great Southern voices for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. My number four, this is my lone, not West coast, but the more I thought about it, I was like, Oh yeah, I think, I think she has to be on the list. I'm giving my number four to Lisa left eye Lopez. Oh, interesting. And I just think TLC is great, but Every TLC song starts with T-Boz doing a real low singing, which is great and cool. But the way then once you get to that rap verse with Left Eye, the way it cuts through that song, just like a hot knife through butter. Oh, yeah. So essential to their success, I think, as a group. And it just sounds great going in. And she's unmistakable from any other female MC, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas it's it's I think with some of the like like other MCs it is a little easier to make that confusion. She has a really distinctive voice and it works so well for TLC. Yeah, that's an excellent choice. I didn't even think of her. I should have thought of TLC. I love them. All right, who's your number four? Gary Indiana's Freddie Gibbs. Ooh, great pick. He's got a very low voice, a very distinctive and aggressive style of rapping. And I'll never hear a Freddie Gibbs song and not know it's him. So I thought Freddie Gibbs has to be on my list. That's a great pick. All right. My number three is 
the, my most mainstream pick by far, but I couldn't not have him on the list because you always know it's him. He's made a brand of his own voice. Um, and it's so definitively West Coast and Southern California that it, I just couldn't leave him off the list. That's Snoop. Snoop, D-O-double-G. Yeah, had to have Snoop on there. Just, just a smooth, you know, pretty slow, like just relaxed stoner voice. Yeah. There's nothing, I mean, Snoop, honestly, it's kind of embarrassing I don't have him on because it's like defeats the purpose of this list if I don't, but I just, I mean, he's an honorable mention. He's the best, but yeah, I didn't. No, I don't blame you for not having him on the list, but it's just like, yeah, the the more I thought about the order of my list, I was like, Snoop's got to be on there, and I think he's got to be pretty high. Yeah. It's Snoop. Snoop. You know what's funny? I used to think LBC stood for Long Beach County until I learned that Long Beach County is not a county. It's just the C stands for California. <laughs> it's Long Beach, California. And I've been to Long Beach. I, I Long Beach is fine, but like it was, yeah, I don't know why this whole time I was like, yeah, Long Beach County. That's Vince Staples yeah. stomping grounds. <laughs> not a county. Not a county. I think it's in Los Angeles County. I could be wrong about that too. I won't even I th- talk anymore about counties. Counties are out. Counties out. <laughs> Long Beach, California. All right, who's your, uh, what are we on, number two? Three, and my number no, three. number three. Who's your number three? My number three is Killer Mike. Great pick. I love Killer Mike. He's in Run the Jewels, obviously. He's got his own albums that are great. He's become more popular recently. Um, but he was also really good back in the day, like featuring on Outcast songs. You, mm-hmm. Whenever he had a verse in an Outcast song, I was always like, who is that? Before he was like really popular, and he just always kills it which is why his name is killer Mike. Cause he kills the mic. Um, and it's accurate cause he does. So killer Mike, yeah. number three, that is a great pick. All right. My number two, Oakland's own Dell, the funky homo sapien. He has I a good gorilla song. Oh, that he features that, on. yeah. Clint Eastwood, of course is great. Mm-hmm. I love his original albums. I really like the Deltron 3030 album he did with, um, with Dan automator. He just has a really distinctive voice and it's the kind of voice where I'm like, that's not a dialect or like, it's just such a weird rapping affect. No one talks like that. It's insane. Right. It's like really cool. It's, it's deep, but not like too deep. And it just like really packs a punch and is such a definitive voice. Yeah. That's a great one. Yeah. All right. What's your number two? My number two is one of the people that came to mind immediately when we thought of this topic. So it's um, East Coast Notorious B.I.G. Yeah. You know what? That's a good one. I didn't even include him on my honorable mentions, and I don't know why. That's like a really definitive voice. He just, I mean, it's almost like I debated it, too, because it's like almost too obvious. But it's just, it's there's not really anybody else. I mean, I know there's other rappers who are like big dudes, and they kind of sound like a little similar, but I mean, he, even within that, like the fact that he, his flow was so like ridiculous on top of the fact that he's like, you know, this big, like menacing presence is just very unique and kind of singular. And if, if not for my overriding admiration for my number one, he probably would have been my number, number one. Nice. No, I think that's, that's a great pick. My number one, 
I mentioned earlier that I do like deep voice rappers, and this guy certainly is a deep voice rapper. I think he has honestly one of the worst rap names I've ever heard, but whatever. From Jurassic Five and Oza Motley, my number one is Charlie Tuna. Yeah, I love Charlie Tuna. That's such a good, smooth, deep voice. And he's a freaking good rapper, too. He's a, he's unbelievable. He's yeah. he's my number six. I you know. can't believe... I, I mean, obviously, Jurassic 5 had a lot of success. I'm surprised, like, he hasn't had more personal success. And that's not to knock the success he's had. He's had success. But, I'm like, with a voice like that, are you kidding me? Well, uh, there were kind of... I thought about that before, and then, like you said, they, it's not like Jurassic 5 you know toiled in obscurity or anything like they did have success but they're also kind of they're very cerebral and serious rappers for the most Mm -hmm. part and i feel like that has like a ceiling on it just because of what it's a sad commentary on the country but like what people are looking for like not everybody wants something serious and like you know positive or you know just not talking about like materialist crap so i mean it's hard like that those guys like they will still be successful just because of the talent, but I feel like that may have hindered some of these guys. For sure. All right. Who, I think I know who your number one is, but tell the folks at home who your number one is. My number one, we just recently had a long diatribe about this, but he had a great guest verse and a cool kid song. It's Bun B. Bun B. Great pick. The best. I love Bun B. Ironically, when I was putting this list together, I, th- I threw my old iPod that has like thousands of songs. Like we were talking about, it's just frozen in time. And it, a song came on that he featured. And it, I don't even remember which one it was, but he had a verse in it. And I was like, hey, it's Bun B. That's, who's good. <laughs> That's my number one. He's the best. Bun B is awesome. Mm-hmm. He's like my number six with a bullet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would say for other honorable mentions, uh, yeah, Bun B, of course, is there. Aesop Rock, I think, has a distinctive voice. Uh, I think if, like, I'm trying to sound like anybody, it's probably like him. And then <laughs> I wanted... These these folks I had a tough time leaving off my list, too, but both Most Def, uh, Yasin Bey, and Q-Tip. And actually, yeah. in earlier iterations, I had Q-Tip on my list. And I did take them off, but uh, Gray Voice. And then others, oh, Andre 3000. Buster Rhymes, ODB, Dizzy Rascal. Yeah. And Big Crit. Yeah, that's a good solid list. I had both Outcast MCs. Um, Charlie Tuna, we mentioned. E40 mentioned. I mentioned Danny Brown. Um, I think Kendrick Lamar has a very distinct voice and also mm-hmm. like a great voice for rap. Ludacris, same thing. Yeah. Lupe Fiasco. Um, MF Doom, RIP. We just recently found out MF Doom passed away, which is horrifyingly sad. Um, the news was just released, but um, yeah, that's very sad. And then Rick Ross, who I'm not a huge fan of, but he definitely has a very distinctive voice. He does, for sure. Do you have, I don't know if you thought about this at all, do you have like a short list of people you find with not distinctive voices? Uh, well, I don't know if I could say not to say, but like maybe distinctive in a bad way? Sure. I found I, over the years, I used to be a huge fan of his. And as time goes on, I just can't listen to him. I'm an um. Yeah, I can see that. It's a I just like, it's affected, isn't it? Yeah. And it's weird that he kind of goes back and forth between like his normal rap voice and then like sort of a British rap voice. Yeah. I feel like his third or fourth album was like plagued with the weird back and forth. It just wasn't good. Um, I also like 
I think for like just the flat out worst rap voices of a guy that who is semi-popular, Mace has got to be the worst rap voice ever. So unaffected and like no character or anything. It's terrible. I know. I, and I, I actually really used to like him and I don't understand why. Because <laughs> like a if I look, rapper. Oh my God. It sounds like he was, he was, he had taken like eight bottles of NyQuil before he like recorded <laughs> his verses. It's like, he's almost asleep. I will also say people might disagree with me on this, but I feel like for a Southern rapper, T.I. is like a boring voice. Yeah, he doesn't really stand. Yeah, there's some people who think songs I really like, but like his actual rap voice, I think is like not good. Yeah, so people just don't stand out. I think there's other rappers who I would just be like really just shitting. I mean, like Ja Rule might come to mind for somebody (laughs) to say like that's a distinctive voice, but it is distinctive. But it's like, I don't know. Can you name? Yeah, can you name like a decent verse that Ja Rule ever had? I don't know if you can. Yeah. So, and don't include singing off key on a Jennifer Lopez or Ashanti song, please. <sighs> he he mastered that market though. My God, like auto tune that stuff. I'm never like a fan of auto tuning, but Ja Rule's voice auto tune it. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, if you got a favorite or least favorite distinctive rapper voice that we forgot about, please let us know. Hit us up on our Twitter. That's at whiskey sessions or email whiskey sessions, music at gmail.com. And we'll read your email on a future episode. But let's get to them. Now. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them. All right. Be pimp. What do we got in the old email inbox? We have another anonymous one. It's just like a succession of questions about how we consume whiskey. So let's go one at a time. Dear Whiskey Sessions, how do you prefer to store slash drink your whiskey? Do you use a decanter or do you just keep the bottles? I just keep the bottles. Yeah. What am I? What am I? A Richie Rich over here with the decanter? (laughs) I'm a decanter and I put it in the bottles. There you go. Do you have a rotation of glasses or a favorite glass? I just have two of these glass, which I like. They're like fancy glasses, but it's pretty much what I always drink whiskey out of. I Before Lisa got me these beautiful glasses for Christmas, I had one Woodford Reserve glass that I had used almost exclusively for years. So I'm a one glass guy. Mm-hmm. Totally get that. Do you usually drink it on the rocks or neat? I usually drink it on the rocks, although lately I have been doing neat a little bit more. Same, same with me, unless I'm getting, sometimes when I'm out and if I'm spending a little bit more, I'll ask for a neat. That's just like my own little thing, but I haven't been out in quite a while. Um, and then do you ever mix drinks? And if so, with what? Oh, I definitely mix drinks. Um, What's your favorite mixer with whiskey? Oh God, that's hard. I mean, I've been like, I like ginger ale. I like Coke, uh, root beer, but I almost never have root beer. So out of the two things I regularly have, probably Coke and ginger ale. Okay. I'm a, I usually very usually or um, primarily do not mix, but the recent thing I have used to mix is ginger beer, which I like. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. That's like just a bitier ginger ale. Mm-hmm. That seems like that'd be perfect. Yeah. Great email. Yeah. Just about whiskey drinking habits. Definitely. Um, yeah. Let us know your whiskey drinking habits. I like this banana whiskey is throwing me for a loop. I'm glad you mentioned root beer because I don't think that would have come to me right away. And you're a hundred percent right that this Howler head, uh, 
banana whiskey should be definitely i need to get some root beer for it when when i find that i'm gonna also pick up a bottle of root beer to mix with it definitely do it um all right until the next episode uh be pimp do you have any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with your the best whiskey is the one in your hand that is that is the most wisdomy words you've ever spoken. I think. <laughs> Thank you. I stole it from some tour guide at Jack Daniels. <laughs> uh, nah, it was your idea and they stole it. Yeah, of I course. So. All right. Uh, until next time, this is Amat saying peace out. And be pimp. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.